Hello and welcome to today's Bible broadcast episode. We are excited and thankful that you've joined us today. We're looking forward to what the Lord has for us in today's lesson. Today we're going to be finishing Mark chapter number 2. Last uh, last few lessons we've been looking at Jesus' response to the Pharisees and the disciples of John. And he used three illustrations uh, to explain and to answer the question as to why his disciples didn't fast. And we noticed uh, the first example was that of a bridegroom. Uh, the second was that of a of new cloth on an old garment and then new wine in old bottles. And, and Jesus was using this all to illustrate and to answer this question of why his disciples weren't fasting. And really, the answer was that it was not time yet. And we also saw the purpose as to why Jesus came. Uh, it was not to just fix uh, the error that the Pharisees had brought in by their Judaism and by their religion, uh, but it was to really create something new. And when I say new, I don't mean that it was something that was never before spoken of. No, but it was that which was spoken of in the Old Testament. Jesus was the fulfillment of that, and he came to bring us a new covenant. Well, today we look and we notice uh, verses 23 through 28, and I want you to take notice here as the Bible says, and it came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day, and his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. Now, uh, Jesus will speak of this here in a few moments, but basically they were hungry. Jesus and his disciples, they were hungry. They had done a lot of, of business, a lot of ministry that day, and they were hungry. And now notice that it was the Sabbath day. This will be important. In the Old Testament, the Sabbath day was the seventh day of the week. It was that day of rest that Jesus or that God the Father, uh, really the Godhead, had instituted um, there in creation in Genesis chapter 1. And we come here uh, to Mark chapter 2, and we notice that it was on the Sabbath day that they're passing through the cornfields. Now, they weren't, you know, knocking down the corn. They were just walking alongside of the cornfields here, the wheat and, and different things. And and they were uh, began to pluck the ears of corn. So as they were walking by, they were were plucking the corn and they were eating it. They were hungry. And the verse 24, and the Pharisees said unto him, behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that do that which is not lawful? And he said unto them, have you never read what David did when he had need and was in hungered, he and they that were with him? How he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar, the high priest, and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priest and gave also to them which were with him. And he said unto them, The Sabbath was not made for man, uh, was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. In the last few broadcast episodes, we saw Jesus respond to the Pharisees uh, in response to their question of fasting. And here we see Jesus responding to the Pharisees in an action that Jesus himself and his disciples had done. Uh, it, it, the, the few lessons before were about what they weren't doing, and here it's what they were doing. Well, I want you to notice here, first of all, the Pharisees' issue. The Pharisees' issue. Notice with me, the Bible tells us in verse 24, And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? Now, it's very important that we start here. It's very clearly stated that the issue that the Pharisees had was brought about by their misapplication and misunderstanding of biblical principles. Can I tell you that you and I get in big trouble We get in big trouble when we take a verse out of its context 
and apply it to our lives and to others' lives. We get in, we're in danger, we get into some dangerous territory when we start in our own misunderstanding and misapplication, begin to apply things to certain people that ought not be applied. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We ought to rightly divide, apply what applies, don't apply what doesn't apply. The Pharisees here, they brought about this, this anger, resentment, and hatred of Jesus Christ. This was brought about by their misapplication and misunderstanding of biblical principles. What Jesus and his disciples were doing here was not unbiblical. The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 25, that if you walk through a field, you know that you can pluck, that there's nothing wrong with that, that you should uh, take and eat. There, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no sinful thing in that. But where the issue in the mind of the Pharisees lied was that they were doing it on the Sabbath. They were plucking these ears of corn on the Sabbath. Now, Exodus chapter 20, verse 10, instructs the nation of Israel that on the Sabbath day, you're not to work. Now, what the Pharisees had done is they misapplied this verse and they misunderstood this verse. And so as the disciples of Jesus were walking and they were plucking the ear of corn and they were stripping it of the husk and they were eating it, they were saying that that was work. That wasn't work. They weren't reaping. They weren't sowing the seed. They weren't uh, 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 plowing the ground. They weren't working. But what the Pharisees had done is that they had built up walls and walls and walls of their own traditions around this Sabbath day and had misapplied and misunderstood biblical teaching, and it brought about a burden. The Bible says that the law, it was a burden. It was a yoke. The Pharisees had made it even more of that by putting their own traditions, their own decisions and ideas superimposing it upon what the Bible was teaching. Jesus and his disciples were not breaking the law of Moses. He was breaking their traditions. Can I tell you that it's very important that we take note that a mark of Phariseeism in our lives, a mark of Phariseeism in our churches, is when we get upset when people don't do our preferences. I know that's, that's, that's revolutionary. That kind of gets some people upset there. You know, my pastor said this, he said it very well, that the epitome of selfishness in a local church is thinking that everything has to go by your preference. You know, not everything has to go by your preference. Not everything has to go, well, because we've always done it this way. You see, the Pharisees, they were more concerned with what their fathers had said than what the Father had said. Let me say that again. The Pharisees were more concerned with what their fathers had said, the traditions that their fathers had instituted, more than that which their heavenly Father had said. Now, how many things do we do in a local church that aren't wrong, they're not sinful, they're traditions, they're good. We need, there, there are certain things that we need to continue to do. There's nothing wrong with that. But if a, if a church does not do things the exact way that we do things, that doesn't make them wrong. It makes them different, and that's okay. 
Where the issue begins is when they start violating biblical principles, not when they violate my own preference, but when they violate biblical principles. Can I give you an example? And I I hope I'm not going to be too controversial here. But is there anything in the Bible that says you have to use a hymn book when you sing congregationals? No, the Bible does not speak of using a specific hymn book. Now, did the, the, the Old Testament, they had the book of Psalms, and it was the Psalms. It was the Jewish hymn book. Yes, absolutely. But it wasn't. The, the scriptural uh, principle there is not in the glue and in the printed paper and in the binding of it. No. So does that mean that we can put the song lyrics up on a screen? Is there anything sinful about that? No. Is that your preference? Maybe not. Is that my preference? Maybe, maybe not. What's the truth? What, what is the point? Is that whether a church uses a hymn book or they use a screen or they use both? Is there anything wrong with that? Well, no, as long as they're fulfilling, as long as they're singing congregationally, as long as they're making melody in their hearts, singing, as long as they're singing the right kind of music, and all the caveats that we can place, in and of itself, having your, the words to a song up on the screen is not an unbiblical uh, practice. It may go against your preference, but if it goes against your preference, that's okay as long as it doesn't violate the Word of God. And the Pharisees had made all of these preferences, and if you violated their preference, they said, oh, you're violating the Word of God. No, they were violating the preference. We see a wonderful example of that here in our passage. Well, I want you to notice not only the Pharisees' issue, but the Son of Man response, the Son of Man's response. We see Jesus' response. Jesus saw things in the Bible that the Pharisees were, were too busy with their man-made traditions to see. <laughs> it was clear in the Bible. Jesus uses this example of David. We don't have time, but you can go to the book of uh, Samuel to find the, uh, the account here. But what Jesus was saying was, look, the Sabbath and the, the law of God was not made, was not created to be this absolute burden, but it was made, the Sabbath was instituted, the Sabbath was made to be a blessing. And if you create so many laws and so many rights, traditions around that which was meant to be a blessing, it becomes a burden. And Jesus says it wasn't meant to be that. The Sabbath was meant to be a day of rest, not a day of burdensome worry, The Pharisees had created so many traditions around the Sabbath day that Jesus came and he said, look, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made to be a blessing to man, not a burden to man. He says, therefore, the Son of Man is the Lord also of the Sabbath. You know, Jesus Christ as Lord, as God, he can do what he wills. And Jesus, he didn't come to continue the Sabbath. He came to abolish it. He came to fulfill it. He came to take it away. We don't meet on the seventh seventh day of the week. We meet on the first day. Why? Because Jesus Christ rose on the first day. Pentecost took place on the first day. So many different things in the word of God happened on the first day of the week, on Sunday. And we rejoice in that and we meet on that day. What a blessing it is as we've looked here at Mark chapter 2, verse 23 through 28. We see the Pharisees took issue. Jesus was going against their man-made traditions. He was going against their preferences. 
May we never be accused. May we never be a church. May we never be Christians that we get so caught up in our preferences we forget about the convictions of the Word of God. Trust me, there are plenty of things that in this day and age we need to stand for because they're clearly spelled out in the Word of God and they're referenced by principle in the Word of God that we can lay aside our preferences. We can lay aside the preferences and we can stand for the convictions. And we praise the Lord that Jesus came. He abolished the Sabbath. He abolished it. He fulfilled it. He gave us a day in which we can rejoice, and that's Sunday. And with that, I encourage you, make your plans. Today's Wednesday. Many churches meet on Wednesday night. I encourage you to make your way to to your local church. If you have church on Wednesday night, I encourage you to be there. If you don't have church on Wednesday night, I encourage you to find a church that has church on Wednesday night. Maybe you can't. I encourage you to come tomorrow to Collins Hill Baptist Church. We meet Thursday mornings and Thursday nights. We have our Bible study and prayer service. I encourage you to come make your way to the house of God. But if if at all possible, be at church. Be with believers on Sunday. I promise you, you'll be blessed for it. I pray that you have a good rest of your day, a good rest of your week, and we look forward on Friday to starting Mark chapter number three. We're making our way through this book, and we're excited with what the Lord is doing through these Bible broadcast episodes. Hope you have a good rest of your day, a good rest of your week, and we'll see you soon. 